My name is Ian Boswell. I was a world tour professional cyclist for seven years. Skyrider from the USA is a fighter. Well, Ian Boswell is turning up the cranks. Also the host of this fine podcast, Breakfast with Boz, being served by Wahoo. The Breakfast with Boz podcast dives into the world of endurance sports, whether it's cycling, multi-sport, running, anything that inspires us to get out and move, we cover right here on Breakfast with Boz. Let's get cooking on Breakfast with Boz. I had this vision of like you being a much more skilled mountain biker than I am and maybe me climbing better and like literally us doing eight days of racing together all within two minutes of each other but never actually being together it's like cool Ian's ahead on the climb Mitch passed him on the downhill Ian's ahead on like but it's not going to be like that we'll make sure we've got a little a tether between us to keep us close yeah that, that's right like I'm, I'm not in for that like I want to go hard like I'm sure we're both going to go really hard and push ourselves to the limit but not to the point of like yeah, when we were separated and in this whole different world. We've done that. That's that's what we retired for, you know. Like, I'm not in that world anymore, but um, of course, I'm still competitive and want to go as hard as I can, as I'm sure you will do too. Right behind them, we welcome Digger the Dollboy, Mitchell Docker. With that, Ian Boswell. These are in our amateur category from Australia, the USA. They've got the amateur leader jersey on. Good looking jerseys. Good thing you bought all black shorts. It matches the jerseys beautifully. See you guys think ahead. Right, Mitch, go here and have a good one. Just follow that mullet. You'll be fine. Well, Mitch, it's uh, in a month from now, we'll be in South Africa racing. It is currently, what is it, February 21st. Uh, I know you've actually been doing some long mountain bike rides. I was just out on my fat bike, but before we get to South Africa, uh, what what do you expect out of our time down there? What are you looking forward to the most? Because I'm sure there's plenty of things you're scared shitless like me, but what are you looking forward to the most? Well, I'm actually looking forward to sort of going on this journey with you. Um, and we don't, I think the best thing about this is I don't think we know each other that well. I think I know you well enough that I think we'll have a good time. I could be wrong here. Um, I'm deep into this series in Australia called Married at First Sight. Um, it's a really silly show where people rock up and get married, turn around and get married, and then they work out if they like each other afterwards. So maybe it could be something similar for you and I, you know, riding at first sight. We've decided to be a, a pairs couple in this. And uh, maybe halfway through this thing, we're going to have to get some counselling and work our way through it. But I'm excited to sort of, explore that on bike relationship you know not to get too sentimental about it but also all the stuff around the outside the fun that we're going to have um the hard bits that make the whole journey fun i know there's going to be hard bits um i'm not denying that so i'm actually not really thinking about the trails or the riding that much i'm more thinking about the whole experience as a whole um you know the laughs the beers the hey, how was that bit? I can't believe you got <laughs> over that. You know, those kinds of comments. Well, and I guess you know, over the last couple of years, when we both left the world tour. I guess I've kind of still been racing to a large extent. You know, where I go to these races, and there's still this sense of like of pressure and expectation, and you want to do well. 
Last year, I had the opportunity to actually go to some events and just ride and have fun. And I think that's what I'm most looking forward to about this event is that I assume I, I haven't been training with you. I don't follow you on you know Strava. So I, I heard what you've been up to, but I assume we're both fit enough to physically ride the event, which I, I think definitely gives us the ability to then also hopefully, if it's not too technical, enjoy the event as well, which I think is something that for the longest point in both of our careers, we didn't really, there's stages of course in, in Paris or, you know, Grand Tour that you enjoy, but there's still an expectation of, you know, you're there for a job. And while we are working, we've got our recorders and we'll be doing plenty of podcasting. We are there to like experience everything, not just on the bike, but what I'm looking forward to most is off the bike. So maybe before Amen. we get there, we've got to learn a card game or maybe we should bring some poker chips and make our RV the hangout. If people need to like take a step back from the serious side, you can come hang out with Mitch and I and play some poker Man. or <laughs> go fish or we'll, we'll figure out some card game we can play. I'll bring, oh yeah, I'll bring a deck of Uno. Uno was sort of a thing I used to have in my uh, suitcase towards the end of my career. Um, and it was just a really easy game for everyone to understand. You know, you didn't have to be good at it, but it gets, we're all competitors, so it got competitive. And I'll argue there is no real skill involved, you know, apart from a basic skill. So I like that fact. This It's just a whole lot of luck. Um, but, you know, good boo box, good tunes. We'll bring the good vibes. Um, if we're not too broken, I think we need to remember that I think we're going to be on our hands and knees after about three or four days. It's being sort of um, optimistic, maybe after two days. And maybe we'll probably just be happy to retire to the camper and rest. Well, and I actually am, I do want to ask you this before I we get to South Africa. How good of a mountain biker are you? I know it's hard to like quantify skill, but I feel like I have been riding a mountain bike a little bit. Um, but I do notice that there are times when I'm like, how did you just ride that? You know, as someone who I did Man. a couple of mountain bike rides with some gravel racers who, you know, we go head to head and, you know, we're fine on, on a gravel bike on a mountain bike. I'm like, how did you ride up that? How did you go around that? And I, I guess I'm not fully sure of where your skills are on the mountain bike. Not very good. You know, not very good. I did a, I did a race, which I'm about to do, um, this weekend called the Otway Odyssey. Um, it's a, it's a marathon mountain bike race. I did it this time last year. And I thought, you know what, um, too bad you know i'll go all right and um as we took off it goes up a probably like a 20 minute road climb like a gravel road climb so i was with the front group the ability was okay and i got quite a long way ahead of i guess the rest of the guys who just ride mountain bike on the weekends but all once the race got going every one of those guys came back around me and i was completely on threshold i was going as hard as i could and i'm like what is going on here? What am I doing wrong? I'm going as hard as I'm, I'm sitting at 180 beats. I'm ripping it, but guys would just be, Mitch, um, when you get a sec, mate, just let me uh, pass on the <laughs> left, pass on the left. And I'm like, I'm not holding any speed, I guess. So I realized then and there, I need to improve. But that was 12 months ago. So if anything, I've got 12 months up on you, but I don't know where we're starting at. Well, maybe we're just at the same level. I need those 12 months to get to your level. Or maybe I am 12 months in front of you. I don't know yet. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Breakfast with Boz, being served by Wahoo. I'm your host, Ian Boswell. Feeling much better. A little rough this morning. We are at Marindale Wine Estate in Cape Town, South Africa. I'm in the 
RV, our house for the week with my teammate for Cape Epic, Mitch Docker. I had a big sleep last night. I uh, I won't say I overslept. We still got plenty of time before the stage one prologue, but I'm here with Mitch and we had a little panic last night because we didn't have power. We do have power now. I woke up, Mitch had figured it all out. I'm eating some African sunrise muesli. Mitch got us some instant coffee. Uh, yeah, Mitch, how was the morning before I got up? You did a lot this morning. Yeah, you were gone, mate. You needed it, though, because um, you got all of probably two hours sleep yesterday. I could see it in your face, too, last night. You were fading. Um, I was awake early just because everyone was arriving, and when you when you're... When your housemate, when you're in such a small house, you sort of got to get out. You know, you can't do anything in here. So I made the most of the time, absorbed the atmosphere, saw the first rider go off this morning just before seven. It was just like pretty dark. Well, the first riders, it's pairs here. And then, um, yeah, got onto some business with sorting out our camper, which we probably shouldn't have to do. But some good news for you to wake up to is that we've got power. We're back. Yes, we are back. Um and we also got to do our first mountain bike ride together yesterday. We went out and did the did the prologue course. We tested it out with uh, Jordan and uh, what was the other gentleman's name? Salam from Team Amani. Um, I think we very quickly established that after much um, kind of discussion ahead of time, we're like trying to figure out who's going to be the better technical mountain biker. You are far superior at the mountain bike. Uh so I do have a question for you. How do we go about the race? Because today we have, I mean, on most of the flat stuff will be fine, but there's one really steep descent today, right off the bat, off a big climb. Should I try to get ahead on the climb? Are you going to wait for me on the descent? What's the best way for us to stay together at this, at least on today's prologue? I was thinking about that this morning when I had some time. Uh, I was thinking about the climbs. I was like... Is it better for you to ride the front or actually is it better for you to ride behind me up the hill? Because then the weakest link, you know, there's no point in you just riding away from me. But then I'll see about the descent. Maybe it is better for you to ride away and I catch you on the descent. But I don't I don't know if you're going to be that bad. Like, I think you really were cautious yesterday because, yeah, you really, I thought you'd come off. There was like a couple of minutes in front of you on just like a short descent. Did you stop? I did not. It was, it was, uh... In fairness, I had missed some sleep, so I was, I was being cautious. But it was essentially just a straight drop. And, and it wasn't, like, technical. It was just, like, really fast, super straight, and a little bit loose. And I was just like, whoa, this is, like, I guess you can just pick up a lot of speed. I mean, once you, I don't know if you have ever experienced this, but I have. When you start to go slow, you just keep going slower. Like, you just, like, you know, you start to, like, everything it just, like, exponentially slows you down. So, anyways... We'll check in uh, after the stage, but Mitch, good to be here. Thanks for making this thing happen, and uh, maybe more than thank you for inviting me. Thanks for getting us power this morning and making a cup of coffee. Great to be here. Let's get it rolling. Jordan, you just finished stage, well, not even stage one. You finished the prologue. You came sprinting across the line. How was it? Uh, it was so, so fun, you know. So the course was really so fun, though challenging, like technical descending, so... But it was pretty nice. Yeah. How was your uh, How was your time? Oh, you got a phone call. Uh, so my time is like uh, one hour and eleven minutes and few seconds. So I think you beat Mitch and I. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. 
And you ready for uh, ready for the next day? Yeah, the next day is pretty sure. I will be really getting strong day by day. Yeah. And what's your team's goal here? I mean, obviously there's some you know really top level pro mountain bikers. What do you think you and to try to improve the skills, our mountain bike skills, and then also to target the African jersey. So we'll try our level best to uh, yeah to fight and be there to the jersey. I'll let you rest up, man. Good job. Uh, Keegan, you just finished the prologue. And I had a realization that me doing this is probably like you doing the Road Worlds last year. Would you say that's a fair comparison? Because I never thought I would do this. You probably never thought you would do the Road Worlds, even though you dream of it. Is that a fair comparison? Yeah, I think that's pretty, that's pretty <laughs> on par. And how was it out there? I know you and Lachlan have been down here training together for a while. You guys been syncing up, ready to rip? Yeah, I mean, we had a few good, out, good days together in Stellenbosch. And, you know, today we just tried to keep it smooth and kind of keep it steady and keep everything together. And... Yeah, I mean, I think we went pretty well. I mean, I don't I mean, there's still a lot of teams to go, but uh, yeah, I think we put down a good time and was smooth and kept everything upright, so it was good. And what what would it mean to win this race for you and for you and Lockie? I mean, this is a big this is a big race. You've done more gravel stuff, but you're kind of back on home home turf with the mountain bike stuff. Yeah, I mean, man, this is one of the biggest mountain bike races in the world. So, I mean, even just to finish on the podium would be incredible. So, and I think we're good partners and I think we have a kind of a similar riding style, so I think it'll be good. Sweet, man. Rest up. Yeah, thanks. You too. All right, I'm here in the food village with Kim. Your second Cape Epic. You've done with, you finished the prologue. How was it out there today? Yeah, really good. Um, didn't really know what to expect. My, my teammate and I came in here to obviously, like, all the top ladies hope for a podium and a win. Um, I think we came only seven seconds short on the top step. So, yeah, we're really happy with second place. We get to start tomorrow with the African jersey. Um, yeah, it was really tough out there. We're really equal in terms of strength and we communicate well, um, which helps because we know each other off the bike for nine years now. So that also helps. We've done a few stage races together in the past. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to, to the week coming ahead. We were quite nervous before the prologue today because you never know what can happen. And the prologue is always, is always important to go really hard and know where the legs are and know where everyone else is at form-wise. Um, but yeah, I think eight days anything can happen and um, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Well, Mitch and I are back in the camper. Prologue's over. And Mitch, we actually find ourselves leading Cape Epic. The pro men haven't gone, but we've most likely won the amateurs and I think we beat most of the women's uh, elite riders as well. How are, you, uh, are you surprised by that? Uh, yeah, I am. But in saying that, we were going pretty fast. And following your wheel, and I've done a few mountain bike races recently, and I felt like we were going faster than I was ever going. So I sort of had a gauge. We were on a pretty good one. But to be leading, I didn't think that. I just thought, oh, actually, I think we're... I just wanted to beat one hour 15. I don't know why I set that number, but yeah, so pretty happy. And it's uh, it's been a good day. We, got a, we finally got the plug for our camper, so we can plug that in. I got some sheets for my bed. We're off to the next... Um, the next stage next campground but Mitch I was actually thinking today out on the road and I wanted to mention this here did you get any flashbacks from the world tour because I had this very on that first climb we started on this really steep climb we decided that I was going to lead the climbs you were going to kind of be the captain on the flats and the downhills and like on the climbs I was at this pace where it's like I had a flashback of like cool like you know Froomey's on like what's the maximum pace I can ride to keep like moving quick but to keep Mitch on my wheel like we literally just a domestique on the front working and on the flats it was the same you kept looking over your shoulder like where's Ian is he here like did you did you ever have like a recollection of like you're working for a teammate 
I did, and the good the good thing was it's been a while since I've ridden with a World Tour pro in that kind of scenario, and it's like we just both know the system. And it sounds funny, but riding with other people who have never raced at that level, they still get it, but they don't hundred percent get it. Like you just knew the level that I was at, and just even a simple word or a simple gesture, like when I was following you one time, there was a crosswind, and you instinctively moved out enough for me to get a sit. And with someone else, you might have to tell them, oh, to your right a bit, you know? It was just all that instinct stuff. And it's it's quite um, it's quite comforting because you're like, oh, yeah, we're back back doing the old stuff. Yeah, we are. Um, we'll see how the rest of the race shakes out. We're actually going to go drop off our bike bags, jump and take a quick shower. Our RV surprisingly does not have a shower. We have a toilet and three beds, but no shower. So we're going to go rinse off and then head down to stage, I guess, one of the Cape Epic. Well, Mitch, here we are, breakfast number two of the race. For breakfast with Boz, we might just start a morning recording. We're pretty well <clears throat> we're pretty well set this morning. We got a French press yesterday. So we've got full coffee, we've got electricity, we figured out how to use the gas tank so we can actually boil water. We find ourselves in the leader's jersey. When was the last time you were on a podium of a of a major bike race maybe there's been a smaller gravel race you've been on the podium of but when was the last time you found yourself on a podium like we had last night i probably have to go back to about 2014 it was a good one it was on the podium the winning podium of the giro actually team's time trial um but from there to now it's what it's almost getting on 10 years so it's been a while to be up there you know getting the champagne winning at champagne we've got even something better couple of bottles of red each not just one each two each i love that so it was a bit of fun yesterday got the leaders jersey get to pull that on today and it's a cool leaders jersey too it's like a bit of a zebra sort of look um i'm not really that nervous i thought it would have been it's gonna be what it'll be I'm much less nervous than yesterday, even though I don't know what the course looks like today. We've had a chance to see yesterday's course ahead of time. I was just outside, walked over to the porter potties, and it is really windy. And I know you're a classic specialist. Could we start a little echelon? If we're, I mean, we start on a paved road today, up a climb, so it's going to be uphill. What do you think is going to happen if we try to throw some, some mountain bikers in the gutter and, and start a little echelon? You think they'll, they'll catch on? What up? Up the ten percent climb. <laughs> I think I'm more worried about just the actual gradient of the climb. Look, if there is crosswind up there, by all means, let's put it in the gutter. Why give them an easy sit? You know, I'm always about gutter action. Well, I've got another pot of coffee brewing, and uh, we're gonna get some sunscreen on, get our kit on, and unfortunately, not be able to wear our sweet Digger and Doughboy kits. But we will be in the white leaders jersey of the amateur men's category of Cape Epic. So here we go, and we'll catch you on the other end. Well, Mitch and I are back in our RV, and you may hear the wind whistling through camp here. We are once again stage winners of the amateur category of Cape Epic. Mitch, I'm going to play a little game with you. Rosebud Thorn of the day. Rose being what did you enjoy most? Thorn being what was your low point in the day, and Bud, what are you most looking forward to either later tonight or tomorrow? 
Rose, let's start. Well, should we start with the the hardest point, the the thorn? Probably the low point of the day was about thirty k to go, and realizing it's still thirty k to go. And thirty k to go in, on the road is like you you're there, you can make it. But in mountain biking, that's so different. And I was pretty broken at that point. And we were progressively slowing down. Um, it was really, it was really tough. Actually, I was like, yeah, my back was sore, and yeah, I was actually pretty fatigued as well. And you know, you, it was actually just a battle. But that's because of the roads. My favourite bit of the day was when we orchestrated an unspoken attack on the rest of the peloton, where I went up the road. On one of the hardest climbs of the day, they let me go. I don't know why. And then you soloed across to me, and as you got to my wheel, you said, "I'm here. Let's go." <laughs> and then we went. But then we also—that was still like probably two and a half hours to go, which led to the thorn of you know committing way too much too early. The bud. What I'm looking forward to the most. Um, probably just a cold beer in a probably not too distant future. You know, it's just after 12 now. I'm probably not going to make it to four. I'm thinking in the next hour, I'm looking for a cold beer. I really enjoy just, I'm going to be really enjoy just sitting back and just be like, oh, day done. I'm pretty, pretty broken. I have to admit, this is day one and I feel like I'm at the end well, of Mitch, the stage race. Stage two, third day of racing. We've got 116K, a flatter day than yesterday, but you've had some famous Cape Epic gut issues that kind of came on last night at dinner. How are you feeling this morning? And have you ever been in a stage race where you've had gut issues? And if so, how did that race go? Yes, I did. Um, woke up this morning. Well, last night a little bit too. And woke up this morning to a need to get to the bathroom pretty quick. But look, it's not like it's affected me all over. It's just like a bit of a gut issue. Um, so maybe take a roll of toilet paper with me and we'll work it out out there. I have had it once before. I'm sure I've had it more than once, but the one I really remember was in the Giro a few years ago. Bad race to get it in and um, had to take a stop on the side of the road and catch back up to Gruppetto and didn't end well that race. Eventually, about four or five days later, I was out. But um, let's see what happens. Well, we only have five six days to go anyway so we might be able to make it through one thing we do need to do this morning and i just checked our little rv toilet area which we've been up and using there's no toilet paper in there so maybe the next time one of us heads to the communal porter potties we should grab a roll well i'm back at the rv after stage two three days of riding here in cape town I'm outside. We've got the little gazebo pop-up tent once again. And uh, due to the lack of wind today, we're actually able to sit outside and enjoy it. Mitch is lying on the floor of our RV. He had a rough day. Uh, we're staying next to Fran and David Miller. And David returned from yesterday's stage with some stomach issues. And Mitch seemed to have caught that today. Um, last night, they started to seep in. This morning, it wasn't great. And for the first time in my career, I had a teammate stop and use a uh, a different kind of nature break. I have stopped and 
watered many a roadside, but never have I had a teammate do this. Uh, Mitch was prepared. He did bring some toilet paper on course. Hopefully this isn't too graphic, but this is the reality of racing Cape Epic. And this is one of the things that we were warned of. If you listen to my podcast prior to coming down here, people were saying be very cautious about the difference of just bacteria and whether it came from food or water splashing up or some water or something you know, completely in, inconspicuous. Um, Mitch is not feeling great, but the the motto of today, and I was thinking about this for the last well, probably 30K as I was pulling Mitch back on, on the open road, is that you can take the boy out of the race, but you cannot take the racer out of the boy. Mitch and I came here with very little expectations. We came here with the purpose of experiencing the event. We came here at the... Uh, kind of the goal of you know riding hard and getting in eight good days of riding but sure enough the minute that that gun goes off and people start racing for both Mitch and I we have this instinctual desire to race kind of deep within us and as much as we keep talking about giving the leader's jersey away um, I guess I should preface this by saying we did once again win the amateur category only by two minutes today so we do still have the the white leader's jersey on our backs for tomorrow's stage. Um, and Mitch and I, as we said this morning, maybe today was the day we lost the jersey. Mitch said, oh, we should give the jersey away tomorrow. But I know that once we get out there on the course, it's hard for people with a background in racing to really sit up and actually go easy. And that even was apparent today when Mitch stopped and took his nature break and you know, once we started rolling again, he's like, you know, Boz, if you can just sit on the front, ride a solid pace, I'll sit behind you. And there was really no need for that. We could have easily just decided that, hey, we're going to take a long pause at the aid station. If the people pass pass us, the, the two folks, Rogan and Olivia, Oliver, who are behind us, then it's not a really, it's not an issue. Um, we didn't come in expecting to win the race. But again, you can take the boy out of the race but you can't take the racer let me say that again you can take the boy out of the race but you can't take the racer out of the boy well it's still post stage two mitch took his nap he's gotten several bottles of drink mixed down had a little bit of mac and cheese mitch you really come around the last couple hours how you feeling a lot better at this point like i just certainly when i got in i was rotten it's not even that's an understatement i just was empty my guts were really my my stomach was churning i had stomach cramps and then you just i knew i had to eat and you kept reminding me i really didn't want to and i just i'm glad i waited my time maybe two hours before i got into it um i've been using this sort of super fuel stuff that i brought over here for racing actually this scratch stuff and i thought actually that could work I don't have to use it when I'm racing. I can just get the carbs in that way. So, so far, so good. And the last little rest I just had, I don't know, just something just turned. We're, we're back on. Really funny, in the old days, um, when I say the old days from 2007, right about to 2015, we, I was up in the helicopter. This is Neil Gardner, the gentleman who is one of the commentators of the race. He's been around the race for years, and this is him talking about the Cape Epic back in the day, where it's come from and how it's changed. And one of my jobs was to spot the riders. 
So we'd follow the race. We had no real network. Um, I think Twitter and Instagram barely existed um, even until fairly recently, relatively recently. And we would have to do quite a manual following task. We'd have to look where the riders were and go and catch up with them. We only had two helicopters at the time. We, we would have to just fly until we ran out of fuel and then hopefully would land before we ran out of fuel and refuel and then go and refine the, the riders. And it was actually, we, we would look for the, we'd look for clouds of dust up ahead to see, if, um, to see where the riders were. And when you take off in a helicopter and you follow a race and you spend the time to land, refuel, and then get in the air again, you'd be surprised how, uh, how much, la how much um, distance they can cover. So we look up into the distance and then the challenge is when they reach the trees, especially in an area like this, we're in Oak Valley at the moment, there's um, plenty of forest single track, amazing forest single track. The, the event does what, um, does what it can, but still, um, you can never see everything and there's thousands of stories that evolve um, through the uh, through the Absecape Epic every year and um, it's almost impossible unless you had a camera on every single rider on every single bike um, you would you would end up missing stuff but uh, we, we do we do okay and the the friendly network of mountain bikers means that we can get to hear about all of these stories hopefully someone who also remembers the good old days of Cape Epic with fondness is Sarah Harup from the races media team and marketing manager. I really do miss the old days because there was relationships um, that were built um, across the pros and the people that worked on the event. And I, for instance, would go and give the results on a piece of paper and the pros would really appreciate this. And they would be so happy that they would see exactly how far they were from the guy um, who was coming above them and, and below. And, and they would offer me a coffee or a drink and I'd sit with them and I'd really get to know them. And I would spend the whole afternoon in the mobile home park going from one pro camp to another pro camp. And, and that relationship translated in them always being available to 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 sit with us, to take interviews, to help us with our entire marketing um, campaign and getting videos out there and, and actually sharing who they were with the world as well and not just a picture of a cyclist with a helmet and a, and a um, pair of glasses. Well, Mitch, we're back after stage three. And in a way, we did keep true to our uh, discussion this morning. We rode a little bit easier. You had another nature break out on course. We're at our, I guess we did stay at the prologue, but we are at our technically second um, new camp of the race. How do you feel out there today? You looked good. You looked good. You actually put me in the hurt box a couple times on some of the climbs, but how would you feel? <laughs> Never thought I'd hear you say that. Um, yeah, I felt in comparison, to, it's nice when you have a really bad day that sort of anything semi-good feels good, and I felt pretty good today. I knew straight away up the first climb that, I said to you, I was like, oh, I'm actually, I'm okay. Because we went pretty pretty solid up there. Um, but yeah, I did have some like, you know, cramping in the stomach and all that sort of crap. But um, I was surprised with the amount of energy I had considering yesterday. So everyone probably listening to this is like, oh, bullshit. He wasn't even sick at all. But um, yeah, it is what it is. Um, I'm slightly, slightly moving into a better position, but still, still heading to the toilet every time. I ate something. And we've got a time trial tomorrow. The most single track, I think, in any day of the entire race. It's only 47K, but a lot of single track. We've had a chance to ride together for four days now. What do you think our best tactic is going to be on the single track? Because there's no way I can hang with you, but having you ahead of me is helpful. Um, 
what do you think we're going to do tomorrow for the time trial? We're going to also we're going to run aero bars. Any anything special for the time trial? Hydration packs, aero bars, skin suit. What are we looking at? Maybe we'll get ooh. Yeah. I wonder if we'll get a skin suit from the race organizer for tomorrow's stage. That's what I was thinking. It's up to them now because we've got the leaders' jersey. Uh, no aero bars, I don't think. Don't think it'll be uh, quite flat enough for them. Um, I think. Yeah, I think it's better that you go behind me. Even if I lose you on the single track, then I know you can just ride back. And even if you can't, I can just wait and I can rest. So <laughs> I'm up for that. Um, but again, I think we should follow today's theory. Let's just keep it calculated. We've got a good gap on the GC now. We don't need to do anything crazy. Just go good tempo all day. Well, I'm with our fellow camp buddy. We've been parked up together with David Miller. David, you're a former yellow jersey winner, world time trial champion, finisher of I don't know how many Grand Tours. 24. 24 Grand Tours. And you've decided to come out of, I want to say retirement, but you've decided to sign up for something as challenging as the Cape Epic. Why did you choose to come here? You're riding with your sister, Fran, who I know from my days at Team Sky. But what inspired you guys to decide to sign up for this uh, really an epic challenge? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm actually just writing my diary at the moment. If you look at the last thing I've written there, what does it say? I don't even know why we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally the last thing I just wrote. Because when my sister got into the camper yesterday, she, that's actually what she said. I, don't, I can't even remember why we're doing this. And she got in touch with me in October. And I was, I've never been as unfit and unhealthy as I was at that point. And she sometimes has these mad plans. I mean, you know my sister a bit, and they always have to be quite grandiose. But she knew she was going to have to be doing this trip with Ineos, um, the company she works with, the, the kind of parent company of the cycling team, not the cycling team, who do this kind of um, uh, team-building uh, process in Namibia in May, which is super hardcore, like four marathons and heavy mountain biking. And she thought, you know what? I'm not going to be able to train till May. I need to get myself an, an intermediary kind of objective. And so she looked around and was like, oh, Cape Epic, let's do that. And I was like, okay. I mean, I didn't... I mean, you know what it's like, and perhaps you... I don't know what you and Boz been... as you and um, Mitch been talking about. But Boz, I didn't think it would be this epic. It's full-on amazingly hard. And I'm suffering. I'm sick like Mitch. Um and on Monday I can safely say it was in the top 10 hardest days I've ever had on a bike because how bad I felt it has been hard and I guess you tend to be someone who thinks philosophically quite often and I guess one thing that continually puzzles me whether it's an event like this or something like Unbound there's no reason for Mitch and I you and your sisters most people here to just say you know what this has been I've had a great four days of riding We've got our RV. We're just going to go cruise around South Africa, check it out. But something in the human spirit tells us that we should continue and we should finish it. And we need that sense of accomplishment, even though you've already accomplished in your career, you know, so much. But why do you think as humans, maybe as athletes, we feel this need and desire to continually prove to ourselves that we can finish it? Because when we do arrive at the finish... It's a pretty fleeting thing. We'll probably sign up for another event in the next couple of weeks. I think it's a really good good question, actually, Ian. I mean, I think, for me, what, it, what I was reminded of on Monday... I mean, I took it seriously. I only got... I mean, I took it seriously I, because of life getting in the way. I actually only tr- got on, back on my bike a month before here. 
Uh, also in the fact knowing I was doing it with my sister, so I wanted to be at a similar sort of level to her. I didn't want to be coming here just crushing it and be annoying her. Uh, and so I came here in, in just the right form to kind of get through. Um, but on Monday I had such a bad day and, it, and I really, really, I had like a full existential crisis during it. And why am I here? Why, I don't want to, this is why I stopped bike racing. I was getting all that PTSD of the bad days in the bike because you tend to, they always say that you forget pain and I actually don't think that's necessarily true for pro cyclists because I think we were sitting here afterwards and we were watching Dapana and it was raining and it was horrible and all three of us were like, God, so glad we're not there. You know, I remember the good times but they're overshadowed. The reason that we all stopped racing, I think I can speak for us, is because it got too hard. We couldn't suffer and I used to always say pro cyclists tend to stop because I think we we're given a certain amount of suffer credits. And one of the reasons you're such a good pro often is because you've been blessed not only with a, a kind of a, a genetic predisposition and a, a mental kind of makeup that allows you to do it and the kind of the cultural situation, but also because you're able to suffer so much. But you've only got a certain capacity until you start to run out and you start to go dry and you just can't do it. Because when I stopped at 37, I was still really strong physically, but my head had fallen off and I couldn't suffer anymore. And on Monday, I was completely reminded of all that, and I was hating it. But and I was unhealthy, and I was my, I was got, kind of got back here, got in the camp. I didn't get out of bed until the start of the next day. I was like in there for 15 hours, just in pain. And and then I started to feel better during on the bike, and I was like, you know what? We need to do stuff like that because then you, I came out of it. and I felt relatively normal in comparison to how I felt the day before. And I thought, how good's normal? How good is it just normal, just existing and being healthy? And, and getting to enjoy life. Because it's only by going to those super dark places that just waking up in the morning and being healthy, you're like, this is a great day. And often you forget that. So sometimes I think you have to go really deep just to remind yourself how good life is, because it is. I think that's one thing I have found in the later years of my life is that contrast is the beauty of life. Oh, it's Whether it's the weather, whether it's how you feel, sickness, health, it's like the contrast is the beauty. So... David, Mitch and I are going to go off and start the time trial, your specialty, so good luck this afternoon. Good luck to you guys. Well, Mitch, what stage is it? Mitch is going to tell me. We had to sleep in this morning because it's the day of the time trial, and we're a little bit confused as to what day we have. It's annoyingly only stage four, um, (laughs) because it feels like it's actually five days of racing today, but because of the prologue, it's only stage four. Eight days of racing in total, but seven stages. It's a bit confusing when... It's not really, but when you're deep in this race, you can't really think properly. This is, once again, much harder than we thought. (laughs) And Mitch, you went to the medical tent last night. You missed our podium ceremony. I was up there all alone. How are you feeling this morning? Nothing, Nothing new is wrong, but you went to finally get some medication for your stomach. I heard you wake up at 5 a.m. to go to the toilet, but it seems like you're feeling in, internally a little bit better, but physically as tired as I am. Yeah, it's it's an up and down thing. I don't want to bang on about it, but it's just like um, you just feel good for a minute and then suddenly you get stomach cramps and you run into the toilet. So I think it's better when I'm on the bike. So as much as I feel I don't feel like riding, I think it's better than just rolling around in bed complaining about it all day. Well, we have only 47K to conquer today. Most of it is single track. So from what we've heard, some awesome trails to be had today. 
30 second gaps at the start. So the people who are behind us in GC will be chasing us. So I assume at some point they will come across us on the single track and hopefully we can ride a nice steady day, enjoy some sweet flowy trails and then have a long afternoon here at camp. Um, maybe cheering some other folks on and getting in a nap and uh, hopefully pick up a few more guests this afternoon. Intense, an intense effort. About two hours, our fastest average speed of the race so far, the most single track. Uh, you really got to work on your mountain bike skills. You got to follow two former world champs, Cape Epic champs, uh, Carl Platt and Thomas. What's his last name? Rusmans, I think. Um, I could be wrong, but um, it was pretty special actually um, because we sort of got this weirdly, we, they've got some respect for us. And I think that's a bit of a kudos to us that we've slowly found our way in the race from day one to day four today. Um, that they've seen our skills and they know we're not the best, but they also know that we're getting better and better. And they're, they're pushing the limits. And if we can still stay in their wheel, it's sort of like, oh, he's still here. Okay, this guy's actually all right. And I felt that pressure because Thomas, he's got a um, GoPro on the back. And when he started the descent, I saw his arm go around and you see him push the GoPro on and then you know you're on camera and I'm thinking, oh, he's just going to be laughing at this later tonight, watching this roadie hack just smash his way down this descent. So, look, that was fun for me, but um, as a team, we probably didn't ride the best as a team today. I left you flailing in the wind a fair bit, but once we got through halfway... We regrouped, we communicated a bit better, and I feel like we, we rode better the second half. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was, <clears throat> I guess in general, we just rode faster than we I had thought we would. We, I think I, we rode faster than we definitely needed to, but at the same time, we it, it's still fun to like move quick. I mean, especially on the dirt roads, you know, you and I have the ability to ride hard. Um, for me, I need a lot of work with my single track, I'm going to ask you a personal question because today was a unique day. Were you ever once frustrated that I was far behind? Like, because you could have hung with those guys probably most of the stage. Were you ever like, damn it, I wish that I had a different partner so I could just sit here a bit longer? Because I assume you probably, there was a moment when you're like, oh, I'm actually having fun here. I'm learning. I'm getting a ride with world-class riders. But I got to wait for this gangly guy behind me flapping and on, the, on the switchbacks. Not really, no, because... A couple of times I was like, oh, come on, boss. Like, because it was just stuff that I knew you could do. Like, just loose gravel corners, not single track. Single track stuff, I never once thought, oh, you need to push yourself more. Because I've been there myself. I've only been riding for one year. And a year ago, I was in Girona having to walk down all the tracks because I couldn't do it. And I'd get pissed because people took me on what I thought were hard tracks. So... It's weird to think that I can do stuff now fast, but it doesn't take that very long. So I wasn't pissed at you at that. I was just probably only a few times frustrated when, like I told you, I backed off and then we went through a gravel corner and then I could distance you through something I know you can do. But that all comes down to losing your confidence, I guess, over the day. I never, there's no way I ever thought that I'd want a different partner here because what goes around comes around. Two days ago, I was the one in your wheel calling for you to slow down and there's no way I would have made it with someone who was technically good but not as strong so yeah I needed you mate I need you well we're in the uh, little Finnish lunch area we're going to grab our picnic lunches probably head back to the camper take a shower and then we've got the queen stage tomorrow 
How, actually, how are you physically feeling? Because you were really strong today. Either I was like spending a lot of energy to come back, or you were actually just feeling feeling good today. It's a weird thing. Like once I get on the bike, I just get into it and go for it, and I feel okay. I think definitely you spent so much energy off the back. That's the biggest thing that I noticed. The guys in front of us were doing it easier than me, and I was doing it easier than you. Um, but things are getting better. I just got to stay on the bike, not sit around the the camper. That's when I feel the worst. Well, there we have it. That is part one of the 2023 Cape Epic here on Breakfast with Boz. There is a part two. It should already be in your podcast feed. So head over there and check out part two to hear the last few days of Cape Epic. And in closing, I want to thank Tom Wally for helping me organize all this audio and putting this part one together. And I'll catch you over on part two of Cape Epic.